This is Channel Attitude. Your voice, your right, your freedom. Oh shit! It's Vince Russo! Vince McMahon's best kept secret. I am the Antichrist of professional wrestling. David Arquette won the world title. I've got a wife, three kids at home, and I really don't need this shit. How can this show be so awful, Mr. McMahon? I didn't think it was. But Now you're the editor, right? Mankind did it! Jumpy, jumpy, uh, beep, beep! Goldberg steered Russo on the cake! I'm from New York. I'll get down right nasty. This is Vince Russo's The Brand. Here we go. All right, enough with the music. Hey, yeah. Al. Yeah. Do we have any updates? On uh, season two, nothing yet. No, still fingers crossed, testicles twisted. Are there meetings or their conversation? I mean, there's got to be something. I mean, are there ongoing meetings? Like, what's the process? Yeah, from what I understand, I mean, they're you know, uh, we're just waiting, you know, to see what you know when they get the numbers back, get the metrics back. You know, um, they find they'll make the decision as to whether or not they feel it warrants the second season or not you know so in the meantime i mean i would just keep trying to promote it and uh put it out there and try to drive interest and um you know ask everybody out there to continue to use hashtag wrestlers netflix on all their social media as much as they can you know and where they can and, hey, uh, Al, I got to ask you this now. I know, obviously, bro, we are seeing the results of this. I mean, because obviously, like now, OVW is selling out. It's selling yeah. out in advance and all that good stuff. But, Al, when, when you're actually filming, during the filming process, right. do, does it put a lot more on your plate or not really? Yeah, it does. I mean, because I, I'm well aware that, and, and even more so, I think, now than it ever has been in the past, how quick and how fleeting an opportunity like this is. And, you know, I've got to, I, th- I mentioned it once before that, uh, you know, if I, this couldn't have happened at a better time for us. We're Everybody is very prepared and ready to, to properly take advantage of this. We're in a place where we can really utilize it and capitalize on it, um, um, you know. And it, but if it, it had happened even six, you know, a year ago, it, we would it would be it'd be oh that's great it's it's we're having a great time and six months later we're right back yeah. where we started yeah. and I really think we're in a place that we can really capitalize and, and utilize this to not only you know it's going to help get a lot of new audience members, but we'll be able to retain them. We'll be able to keep them because we're going to give them a consistent experience. And, and that, yeah, that puts more pressure on me because now I've got to really up my game and I've got to really try to be as creative as I can. It's going to create more challenges for me because, you know, like the pay-per-view, I've got a, a several talent that aren't available because they have outside opportunities, you know, uh, and, and, you know, the roster right now isn't, is, it's good, but it's not deep enough 
uh, you know, I'm struggling right now today to try to figure out an opponent uh, for a guy. Because, you know, you have to have not only an opponent, but, like, I'm trying to build this guy. His The deal is that he's on the chase. He's trying to – he was, you know, in the, in the top ten of the rankings for, you know, the heavyweight title. Well, he got beat. Now he's, you know, down – he was at the bottom. And each week I've had him doing the chase, building up. Well, he's got to beat the right people. Right to elevate him along the way, he can't just beat anybody. He's got to beat somebody, yeah. and so that makes it, you know, it makes it a lot more of a challenge because you, you don't, you just don't have those people laying around, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Are, are more people reaching out wanting to work there after I'm the show? Sure, I'm sure. Uh, yeah, not as much of an influx as I thought there would be. Um. I thought for sure there would be a lot, you know, that would be something I'd really have. What, what do you think that is, Al? Why do you think it's not what you thought? Because that's what I would think. I would think that they're calling you nonstop to be a part of this. Yeah, I don't, you know, I don't know. I, I kind of expected that, but, you know, I, I just haven't really experienced it yet. We've had a little bit, you know, but not a, a major influx like I, I thought we would have. Like, I thought we were going to just get in, you know, the old, hey, brother. Hey, brother, brother, hey, uh, you know, <laughs> I think maybe, you know, I'd do you a little favor, you know, maybe I'd uh, roll in there, you know, help you out a little bit. Well, geez, thank you. I, I, where have you been for the last couple right, of years? Right, 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 right. Well, you know, just never really worked out, you know, thing. I was busy. Oh, well, you're not busy now. You want to get busy again by getting in, in with me. Okay. Yeah. Al, I got to tell you something. I am not blowing smoke up your ass. You, you, you and I are way beyond that point. But I got to tell you, man, if I am a young upstart wrestler, yeah, and I am looking at AEW, WWE, and I am watching wrestlers, yeah, bro. To me, far and away, that is that would be the most exciting opportunity for me, man. I, I, I'm I'm just being honest. I mean, you know, for for t- twofold, bro, twofold, because you guys are really, bro. The the one thing that's missing from wrestling more than anything, bro, anything is reality. Al, I'm going to tell you something. You're gonna you 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 will blow your top. All right, so bro, so the word on the street now, Al, is that Triple H, uh, the Triple H is running WWE again. That's the latest word on the street, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. Now listen, listen, listen to listen to this, Al. Yeah. Al, they start this angle about six weeks ago. It, it was it was like a six to eight week long uh, angle where Nakamura whispers something in in Seth Rollins's ear. And what he says in Seth Rollins' ear is, I know about your back. Yeah. So now Seth Rollins comes forward and talks about his legitimate back injuries, gets into the specifics, and basically paints a picture that one bad bump and his career could be over. Yeah. So the weeks leading up to their match, Nakamura is just laying them out, chair shots to the back, chairs to the back, the back, the back, the back, okay? Finally, bro, we get to a last man standing match. These guys throw the kitchen sink at each other, beat the absolute shit out of each other, somehow, some way. Rollins goes over. 
out. He opens up less than 24 hours later. He opens up raw. And here he comes singing and dancing on his way to the ring. And I'm like, yeah. like, what, what are we doing? You just told me everything you asked me to invest in in the last eight weeks was nothing but total bullshit. What are we, what are we, and now trip, okay, Triple H is in charge? Really? Those are the little details that people miss. They don't, you know, somebody needed to pull him aside and say, look, you, after everything you've went through and that in the, the match last night, you can't come out there doing your regular entrance. You got to come out there selling, man. You know, you got to put it over. And that, you know, they, they, uh, the talent today do a great job of what they do. They do a terrible job of then putting it over. So, you know, you can see it even in, in regular matches. A guy will do six, seven things in a row to another one of the you know, his opponent. And then, you know, he'll miss one move. And then his opponent stands up like those six, seven moves were never done. And now it's his opportunity to do six or seven moves to him. Yeah. And so now what you're teaching the audience inadvertently is that nothing has a consequence to it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that nothing brings you closer to potentially losing the match, except for just that one really big move or that one really big move repeated ad nauseum. And then that's what finally puts you away. But everything else didn't mean anything. And that's why if you pay attention the audiences are literally being educated now to not really genuinely react until the very back end of the match. Cause they know that's the only place where everything's going to start to have a real consequence to it. Yeah. I, and you know, your, your description of this angle, I didn't get to see it, but uh, it, they did way too much. If, if for eight weeks, Nakamura keeps showing up and beating the uh, shit out of Seth Rollins' back every time he goes out there with a chair, well, clearly, Seth's back not that isn't that bad because yeah. it's five for eight weeks of having chair shots. And if if you are going to have a last man standing match, guess what? He's losing, bro. Right? <laughs> like, like, re- like, really, man? That way, you can now have him come back against doctor's orders because he wants to get revenge for Nakamura. You know, and he. He goes after Nakamura, and now he's fighting from underneath, and he's climbing the mountain so that you can get him more over by finally beating Nakamura, not just having him win the last man standing. And not only that, Al, but you know this as well, and Nakamura was not elevated at all. Not at all. At no. all. No. And, and then, you know, that's just that's too bad. They missed a, they missed a great opportunity. And, and now you've got to... You got to now. You got to program Seth Rollins with somebody else. Where if you'd have been able to put, if you'd put Nakamura over, you could have drawn out those two working together until the end of the year or beyond. You know what I mean? And and could have done so much more business for both of them ultimately at the end of the uh, of the angle. I swear, I know you do this, bro. I I did this every time before the performer at the gorilla position, bro. We're, we're opening the show. He's ready to go out for a segment. I am there 
reminding him of where we are in the story. Bro, remember, you, you can't go out there smiling, kissing babies. This is the last thing that happened. Yeah, you're, we, don't, we don't do that anymore, bro. What the agents are supposed to do. That's what the, the producers, the agents are supposed to be there to help direct and remind the talent of what needs to be accomplished in this particular segment or match and what happened before and how you should be approaching it as you go out there, you know, to ensure that that doesn't get missed. I, a good example of that was, you know, I think you were there. Maybe I don't know. I don't remember the impact when AJ Styles and, you know, uh, um, uh, not Frankie Kazarian, uh, uh, Chris Daniels. They had that big angle where they, you know, were blackmailing, AJ and inferring oh, thank that. God, yeah, thank God I wasn't there for that. And they had, you know, and then, and like, you know, they were going to have this, you know, I think it was like a last man standing match or something, like something really violent, you know what I mean? Uh, you know, and, and they had uh, the wife, you know, you know, they involved AJ's wife and his kids and all heavy stuff, you know what I mean? Yeah. Now let's go to the big blow off match. Here comes Chris Daniels. And he comes out just like you said with Seth Rollins, dancing, doing his regular entrance. Yeah. And I went, "I'm done. Yeah. I'm done. I, you, you've lost me immediately." Because if you're coming out there like, and you're in a blood feud like this, yeah, you should be walking down that ring like you're set and you're ready to kill somebody. Yeah. If you're AJ Styles and you're coming out next, you're not coming out and doing your regular entrance you're coming out standing there staring a hole through this guy because you want to murder him you know yeah make me, let me believe sell me convince me but the second they came out like that i was like look i'm done and the same to your point with seth if seth rollins is walking to the ring after you know telling me as an audience member on oh, my back it's terrible and you know, and he's been beat with a chair how many times, and now he's going through this last man standing, and then he just comes out zippity doo da. Yeah, that was it. Al, listen to this on the same show. Okay, <laughs> I swear to God. Oh, and, and then, then everybody's saying how great it is because Trips is is, is in the saddle again. Okay, so uh, Ricochet is involved in a three way. Okay, okay. it's Ricochet, Bronson Reed, and and uh, Chad Gable. On his way to the ring, Ricochet the babyface is attacked by the heel Nakamura. So I'm watching this. I'm saying, okay, obviously Ricochet's doing the job, but they're giving him an out. He he got attacked right before the match. He's not going to be 100%. So when they beat him, the babyface has an out. Right, Al? Yeah. Al, Ricochet goes in there after the beatdown. Bing, 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 and then gets beat. Do you not, does anybody there not understand the basic concepts of wrestling, bro? Just killed. He just killed the heat of the heel because it had no consequence to it. Right. And he took away his own out. He took the out where it saved saved a little bit of face on the baby face because he Oh, well, you jumped before the match. Oh, my God. It's crazy. What about this heavily involved angle that Nakamura had with Seth Rollins? And now he just 
what did he do? He, on Monday night, did he just walk by and look at Ricochet and Ricochet gave him the wrong kind of Yeah, movie? yeah, yes, yes, yes. You looked at what? Yes. You, <laughs> yeah, forget all about Seth Rollins. You know, yes, exactly. Seth is done, you know, now. But, but see, he, Al, he, here's what they're thinking in their minds, and you know this. Here's what they're thinking. Bro, regardless of the outcome of the angle, Nakamura got the Seth Rollins rub. So he was here, and now he's here. You know that's what they're thinking. And it can be if it's done correctly. Right. But the way they did it, it didn't all that. It was rub one out. That was all that did. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's get let's get wrestling for an incredibly long time. I want I want to make sure Jeff uh, you know I definitely want to hear from Al about the uh, Tuesday Tuesday night what was it called Jeff Super Tuesday Super Tuesday so <laughs> let, let, let's let's get to these clips first go ahead Jeff well first before the clips you wanted Al's thoughts on MJF's comments that he made about wrestling oh yeah Al Al will love this please please play this for Al yes I feel professional wrestling for an incredibly long time went south in my opinion. I think people decided that they needed to absolutely murder themselves or their opponents, not even considering trying to get a win. All they were considering was trying to get a cheap pop or a cheap reaction. Uh, What I am trying to do is bring back a flavor of ice cream that I love and dare I say is just as much professional wrestling as most certainly is not a gimmick. And that is to make people so emotionally invested in the person that is inside the squared circle that if they hit a body slam or a headlock takeover or a kangaroo kick, it gets just as loud of a reaction as Darby Allen getting thrown onto the steel stairs, which was the most insane thing I've ever seen in my entire life. I am not faulting you. You're a good man, Charlie Brown. All I am simply saying is nothing I do is a gimmick. Um, I believe that professional wrestling in all shapes and sizes is important and it's all different flavors of ice cream. But I also believe to me for my two cents, if you can do what I do and get that reaction, I think it's much harder actually than doing a triple indie, whatever the fuck, obviously they're going to clap. It's insane. Uh, can you make them absolutely freak out and have a damn near panic attack when you do little to nothing to me, that is professional wrestling. There you go. Well, thank God there are still people like him. Exactly. Thank God there are still people like him. The only thing I, 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 the only I agree with him one hundred percent. I just one little, one little thing, and I, I, and I, uh, you know, I love him dearly. I know because Jr. is the one that started this. Um, I did this. Uh, everybody, it's ice cream, and you know, everybody loves ice cream. Well, yeah. And I don't care how you do it, but at the end of the day, what he was discussing about not just getting a reaction, but allowing an audience to believe in the one simple concept that we are competitive prize fighters in a competitive combat situation so that the wins and losses actually do matter and that they're the consequence of anything we do. Uh, That's not a flavor of ice cream. That is ice cream. That's what you're selling. How you go about doing that, that's your business. But he's, in his own words, he's do, trying to do that, sell ice cream. Everyone else is just trying to sell the sprinkles, the nuts, the whipped cream, the cherry, the bowl, the spoon. You know what I mean? I, it's not about flavors. 
It's about the fact that you, if you're running an ice cream shop, you're selling ice cream, nothing else. And, and that's, that's where it's missing is that the talent are selling everything else but ice cream. Hey Al, you know what's you know what else is missing, bro? And and you, I'm you know obviously, bro. I'm an avid baseball fan, and 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 I'm I'm watching this now, and this is what's missing missing from wrestling too. Al, I, I said before the playoffs started, the the two best teams in the league, far and away, were the last were the Los Angeles Dodgers and the Atlanta Braves, and I said neither one of these teams are winning the World Series, neither one of them. The Dodgers last night were eliminated in three straight games. The the Atlanta Braves are on the verge of elimination today. Here's what's missing from wrestling out to you never see anymore. When you get to the playoffs, Al, and you're watching these teams play, the, the 162 games doesn't mean shit. What it come? Games. Yeah, that's what they play during the season. Good. Yeah. yeah. What it comes down to, Al, is this momentum in the playoffs who's got the momentum and who is not going to be stopped and right now that team is the Phillies you you look at the fans the way they're playing they got the momentum that you never see that in wrestling anymore Al when when you were building somebody in wrestling whether it was a heel or a baby face it was the momentum that I have not seen that Al in the last 10 years that's what I was discussing earlier about the right opponent for the guy that I've been building. Right. The chase, you know, right. I, I literally need that opponent to keep that momentum. Yes. Rolling to elevate him, you know, to where, you know, an because the real story is that he's chasing the, you know, back to get to the heavyweight title. Right. You know? And, you know, I've teased talked about and, uh, you know, want to do it but yet at the same time i know creatively it can hamstring you if you don't stick to it and that's you know i started utilizing the actual rankings the top 10 rankings to help tell this story and if i really adhered to that principle then there's never really ever a cold match you know what i mean every match has, has stakes has consequences because you know, if you're number, you're ranked number five, and you get beat. You know, you might drop to one or two, and that'll, you know, you, it's going to take you longer to get to where you might get a spot to where you get an opportunity to try out for that heavyweight title. Yeah. You know, and it, it's great. It's a great way to do it, and it helps to sell what you were just talking about, building that momentum and letting an audience feel like they're they're getting behind someone because they can see. You know, each week he's getting closer in the chase. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that doesn't, because, again, why? Because the one thing that's driving the heat for you on these playoffs is the wins and the losses. Right. If, if they don't win, they don't get to go to the World Series. Yeah. You know, it's clear it's wins and losses. And in wrestling, it should still be wins and losses. It, yep. That should be the preeminent thing we're selling, and we're not. No, not we're at not all. Not selling. At all. I mean, you know, you can say, well, you know, you know, during the Attitude Era, you know, it was all tits and ass, and you know, uh, Steve Austin, Vince McMahon. 
was still about the wins and losses because the heat that Vince had was that he was unfairly as the boss setting up uh, unfair, unequitable challenges for the babyface to overcome to ultimately mm-hmm. be able to win and keep the title. You know what I mean? He couldn't just walk in and go, hey, I'm taking that title off you. But he could make it very, very difficult for the champion to keep that title by throwing challengers and throwing certain stipulations that clearly weren't fair against him. Yep. And that in, in made you worry that the babyface was going to lose, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. and that's we've gotten really, really far away from that. now. We have. We have. Uh, and a, as an example of how far away we've gotten, uh, take it away, Jeff. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I just want to say, because Al mentioned the attitude era and that that's for me growing up as a fan. That's when I was in college and wrestling came back and started being huge. And everybody in college was watching wrestling. And from my experience, everybody cared who won or lost the matches because of all this, this stuff that, you know, people criticize today. All that stuff made when you actually got down to the match, they cared if Stone Cold won or lost. They cared if The Rock won or lost. The opening match, they cared who won or lost because everybody was taken care of in some, for, some, uh, some form of storytelling. Their characters were interesting and believable. So, I mean, that that is definitely missing from a fan's perspective is I don't think they give a crap who wins or loses these matches. Well, because the talent themselves, Jeff, they don't they don't when they're performing it, they're not performing it in that manner. You know, uh, again, you know, like a foot race at, at no point in time when you're watching the foot race, you know, two people racing around the track. Do you ever get the opportunity to see one start falling so far behind that you now go, oh, shoot. He's got to catch up. If he doesn't catch up, he's going to lose this race. You know, it's no sooner than, you know, guy A gets done doing his four or five moves that guy B immediately stands up with no consequence and does his four or five moves. And then guy A stands back up, does his four or five. And they just keep like a tennis match back and forth. You never see somebody fall behind and have to chase or fight from underneath to overcome something. They just click, click, click. I, when when you say that, Al, I think I think of a horse race. Yeah, and you 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 slap it down your two dollars, and he's in first. Now he falls to third. I mean, that's and, and you you're so into the moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what, what makes it so for you know gamblers and stuff? That's what makes it so addicting is that adrenaline rush exactly. of oh God, am I going to lose? Oh, am I going to win? Am I going to lose? Oh, oh, I won. Yeah. You know, yep. wrestling matches, much like every, you know, more so than any other competitive sporting event or sports entertainment. All right. Wrestling should be that all that experience as much as possible all the time, because we know who's winning and we are in control of orchestrating it to make that experience happen every time the audience comes. Yep. yep. You know, we don't because... We're too caught up in being directed by a fan or fans who write critical uh, reviews of matches about something they honestly have no real idea what's going on. Yeah, yeah. They have information. They have no real knowledge. And then the talent allow them to dictate even the people within the wrestling business who should know better allow 
yeah. them to dictate to them what their decisions should be and who they should push and who they should market. And it's insane. Yeah. Al, I swear to you, the way the way I used to, you know, write, especially like going to the pay-per-view. My mindset was always if you are the most casual of fans and now the main event is set and Briscoe's the timekeeper and Patterson's the announcer and Vince is the referee. Here's what I always tried to do, bro. If you were on the fence, you're asking yourself this question. How the hell are they going to get out of this? Yeah. How are the how how are they going to get out of this with Austin still being the champion? Now you had to buy it because you didn't know that's gone, Al. That that is gone, bro. It had heat, heat, yeah. yes, the desire, a need to see the outcome. Yep. All right, go ahead, Jeff. Let's 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 see these oh. outcomes because I want to talk about Super Tuesday. Go ahead. Yeah, this one was sent in by Al. What a surprise. Watch this, watch this, watch this, watch this. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. How can you miss that so bad? <laughs> oh, my God, bro. It's okay. He broke his fall with his head. It's all right. Bro, this would be like me going out there today and trying to attempt this. Me. You know what that's like? Oh, man. That's like, Mom, I'm going to go swimming. But, honey, we emptied the swimming pool. <laughs> Come on, like, yeah, yeah, that, that, and, and again, the, the need, the desire to do these kinds of things and take these kinds of risks just exponentially raises the opportunity that kid could very well, and he's going to suffer some kind of long-term effects from that. I'm telling you. And, and he could have been crippled. You know what I mean? All because he was trying to do, uh, his work rate of doing a really impressive flashy move, you know. And they are so off in the calculations because of the the, the inexperience. Well, and a lack of a lack of practice and proper right. training and, there, and therefore being able to safely develop the spatial awareness and coordination to do it. Yeah. Uh, what's next, Jeff? All right, this one was sent in by Al, also mm. Scott Ward, Matthew Ortiz, and Scott Smith. Ooh, this one's going to be a good one then. Yeah, we got to, and it's the double angle one you sent it out. Oh, yeah. Watch. Come on, Gil, violence, Jack. Oh, my God. The home. This air horn guy, like, what is up with the air horn? So it was hard to see, but there was like a sheet of glass that was like a foot or so above the table. Yeah, so. Uh, one, I would like to have seen the video where they set up the entire Home Depot underneath. <laughs> yeah, so there's I can't a run it that hard there, to get at Lowe's if I wanted to. You know that? What the hell? I mean, did Ace Hardware have a sale? So, what, we so what, did, what did they The act only thing that's not there really is the kitchen sink. Everything else in your that's house. That's what I wanted to ask. What are they actually falling on here, Jeff? Like, what? what is this setup? We yeah, so glass. there's – it looks like plastic stools, but on top of this is a sheet of glass. Oh, okay, okay. I got you. And there's on top of these boards, on top of this whole contraption uh, is a – a sheet of glass. I wish I had sent the video. They had a video where, 
where they have guys in the back who are inspecting all of the glass and light. And, you know, we need, we have standards as far as our glass is concerned. And the crew of guys, Timmy and, you know, Zach, you know, they're taking a light and they're checking to make sure that the glass is tempered because we're not going to just use any type of glass. Oh, no, no, no. We use tempered glass. That's for safety, you know, because the other glass, it'll break into big shards. It shatters into small pieces, thus allowing you to die from a million cuts instead of a... (laughs) (laughs) Airhorn guy, I swear, he must go to every show. I mean, that's um, that's like a straight fall to the floor. They went so yeah. fast through all that stuff. Right through the cement, yeah. yeah, yeah. They, were the, they, they, they were the people in the background that really cares about the health and welfare of both of these guys right now. It's got to be tempered, tempered line. Uh, oh, man, bro. What's what was the stipulation of this match? You know what I mean? Was it a scaffold match? Was it a, I don't know, I'm going to be an idiot and throw myself into a bunch of garbage matches? Oh, what was it? Geez. I couldn't tell you. You know, what happened to the days when it was just a uh, Texas bull rope match with a cowbell in the center of it? I mean, we can't do that anymore. You know, it's it's got to be a Texas bull rope with a cowbell that's wrapped in barbed wire with a, <laughs> with a cow on the other end of it. <laughs> Why not? You know, yeah, yeah. yeah. With a bull. Right, what's next? Okay. Yeah. Uh, this one, send him by Al. <laughs> <laughs> There's pumpkins there for some reason. I, I don't know. <laughs> Wait a minute, Jeff. That happened too fast. That happened too fast for me. Play that. Yeah, I'm trying to get the picture. It looks almost like a big drawer with light tubes over it on a thing of pumpkins in chairs. I, I don't know what what this is. But I want you. <laughs> and I'm jumping off a shopping cart. They're on a shopping cart. I want you. Go ahead. Or, I'm sorry. I want you to watch the poetry in motion. The- <laughs> The sheer beauty of the eloquent movements of both these meat-slapping mastodons as they attempt uh, something that really shouldn't be attempted. So, yeah! you know what? You know what? The guy laying there right now. You know what he's thinking, brother? That really looked. That, that looked a lot better in my head than how it played out. Yeah. And not only that, bro, it sounds like there were about 10 people in the crowd. Bro, listen, listen to the crowd went, reaction. <laughs> it went too far. Here we go. Oh. <laughs> I would love to know, Al, I'm trying to figure out how did they get the shopping cart in the ring? <laughs> how do they get half this <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, what's uh, I next? Just, I need to go looking for videos where they do the setup of this stuff. Oh my god, <laughs> go ahead. Yeah, this is sent by Al. What a, shock. what a surprise he missed. Oh my that was a, that looked like a Japanese look, indie show. Look, 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 look. Uh, again, I'm not gonna be like some people will be a hypocrite. Yeah, there's some silly shit that we do, you know what I mean? And everything. 
here's the difference. I'll, you know, I'll just own it. And I'll say, yeah, it was silly shit. It was done for entertaining to be entertaining and, you know, in a different way. I get it. But that group, along with all the other independent groups out there that put up on Facebook about, you know, how it's a cross they've got to bear and, you know, the pain and the agony and the sacrifice and uh, pictures of just the bare wood with metal frame of a ring and, you know, we're, 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 we're real. And then you, you know, we want respect and then you do that. Okay. Well, you can't have it both ways, boys. You yeah. Gotta, yeah. Either, either you commit to the deal or you don't, you can't be half pregnant. Either it's all real and it's heavy and it's God, it's such a, I make, I made I gave up stuff for this. I had my life. It's a sacrifice. That was very reminiscent of the match where they had to slow down. Remember that, Al? Everybody told them to slow down, so they did the match in slow motion. Yeah, okay. Make a joke of it. Let's do that. What's next, Jeff? All right, this was sent in by Al and Phil the Promoter. Well, it's good that Phil's descriptive of himself. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I forgot about this one. Let me tell you something. That family barbecue got way out of fucking hand. Really. <laughs> Wait a minute, Al. They're setting the cinder blocks on fire now. They have, they have fire in the cinder blocks and then power bomb him on cinder blocks that are lit on fire. <laughs> oh, my God. That has that OBW Academy continues on the cutting. That is, that is hurt. Oh, my God. You, when the burgers aren't done right, what do you yes. do? Take out the cook. That's it, man. Take out the cook, man. Yeah. What else, Jeff? Dad with his white New Balance shoes is going down. Uh, and then, <laughs> my dad has New Balance shoes. He <laughs> does. He wears black socks with jorts, man. <laughs> and then wears a, uh, <laughs> uh, he wears a short sleeve. With a collar shirt, yes, yeah, stripes, yeah, yeah, that's right, yeah, yeah, yeah. and in there working the burgers, yeah. <laughs> it goes wrong. Tell your dad that's what's going to happen. Yeah, uh, what's next? <laughs> this cracks me up because Al want Al loves this so much that he wanted to show it again. <laughs> we've had this one before. Yeah. Oh, another one that we have. <laughs> oh, Al, Al, yeah, Al loves this. Al loves it. <laughs> we gotta, gotta shush. <laughs> the guy's reaction <laughs> he hit me with the cinder block <laughs> what's funny to me is they talked about this and this guy still reacts like that like holy shit I didn't realize I was going to hurt that bad because <laughs> <laughs> I can't I can't fault him I mean if 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 like normally I'd get hot I'd be like you shouldn't you know don't cuss or use swear words because you know family show <laughs> please <laughs> What what family's gonna be brought to this? Listen. <laughs> Al, you don't think listen, Al, listen, hold on for a second. Is, is, it, is it possible that the that it didn't really hurt and the guy's gimmick is like he's Norman Smiley? Is he it could could it be that? Could it be that? I, unless that guy has Tourette's, there was no reason for him to treat like that. <laughs> the guy took a cement block and broke another cement block on the guy's hand. Oh, my God. Oh. Like, if the guy hadn't responded like that, I'd have been like, boy, there's something wrong with this guy or oh that. Oh, my God. Fairly fake. 
Uh, any more, uh, Jeff? Yeah, this was sent in by Al. It's tough to see what this is. It's kind Where of like a- are you finding the time to find these videos? Seriously, bro. It's kind oh. of like a cheese grater type looking thing. Oh, no. Yeah, I, I'm not sure, but it looks like the side of a cheese grater. No, 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 no. It's not a cheese grater. You know what that is? No. That is one of those, you get them from the hardware store, they're cleats that you attach two by fours or two by for construction. And they have all these little sharp, uh, where you pound it into wood. You pound this thing into a board. Watch this man pound it into another human being's head. And the- oh, with a hammer. Come on, bro. With a hammer. With a hammer. And here's the crazy thing. Man, bro. What the frig, man? What is wrong with these guys, bro? Makes it worse, Vince. They talked about it before they went out there. The guy that's getting it done, what you know what would be cool? Take that cleat and the hammer and just nail it into my head. What do you think? I think that'll do it. I can pull it out. Now, hold, 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 hold on for a second, Al. Hold on. Seriously. Okay. Is there any way this could have been gimmicked? Like, no. You, that's, I mean, that's, that's <laughs> real blood coming out. Like, oh no. my God, bro. No. Like, this, this is like sadistic what, shit. What, what for? I, I, again, what, what's the one thing I always bring up that it, it just, Okay, you did that this time. What are you doing the next time? Well, I just well, let's raise the bar. Let's do it. Go work. Look, look, look at the people on top that they're trying to get over with. Like, look, look, yeah. look at look at all of them, bro. They all, you know, that was why on the on the on the uh, documentary when they were like, "What's a what's a death match?" I was like, "Something fucking stupid." God, bro, that's brutal. Is there more? Yeah, this was sent in by Kevin Gordon and. uh the best part of this is the end. It's okay for me to watch. Yeah. And he's up and he's walking the top row. Ladies and gentlemen, what is going on here? What? Joe Johnson right in the microphone. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I did. I no. I won't try. A lot, there's a lot going on there that I can really keep <sighs> Yeah, this one was saying- Hey, Jeff, I just got to point out, I think that video was a little short. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Alright, what's next, Jeff? Lowering the bar, I mean. This was sent in by Matthew Ortiz. <laughs> oh, here we go. Here it looks like a barbed wire table. Here we go. Freaking insane, bro. Just insane. Just just pure stupidity, man. Pure stupidity. As if the fall will not be enough to cripple or kill the guy, we're going to put barbed wire on the table, too, so that that way you can scrape the hide off of you as you slide off the board onto the floor. And watch the barbed wire. Who is in the uh, the range of this? Watch it. Here we go. Same to the audience. Yeah. yeah. The audience. 
Yeah. Wait, wait a minute. Hold on for a second, Al. Hold on. What? what? If the if the idea yeah. was for the guy to go through the board, why yeah. did why did they double up the boards? Well, because Vince, last month we had one board. This month we have two with also barbed wire. You've always got to raise the bar. You got to go higher. You know what I mean? And and apparently they don't understand physics and, and their general geometry and the art. That top board was doubled up. Yeah. Why? And he had him. He didn't hit in the center. He hit off to the edge. As it looks like this guy in the balcony is throwing a dead body off a cruise ship. Jeez, God, man, uh, I don't know, Al. Maybe it's us, bro. Maybe this is maybe maybe this is the thing to do. Uh, I've wondered honestly. I have actually asked myself that question several times because I think this is that company GCW, and they, like they're like hot and make they draw money. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I am trying to do things the way and I honestly feel like sometimes the business has passed me by. I really do. Like, you know, I look at, you know, you know, the stuff that they do in AEW and, 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 and yet people are watching it. They're on TV. Maybe you need to write on the next show, Al, uh, you're the writer, yeah. right in this spot, right in this spot for Maria and Haley. Right, this is not in for them, okay? <laughs> All right, so you can, you can you come up to speed, Al, okay? The sad thing is Maria would do it. Yeah, I mean, this, yeah that's how we're going to blow off their, their feud, bro. Okay, yeah. All right, what is it? Are these endless, Jeff? Now, this is the last one. This was sent in by Big Evil Pops. I think I, I can't remember if we had used this one before, and I wasn't sure, but oh. it's too funny anyway. Is so that Vito? If it's the one I think it is, it's hilarious. Mm, oh. <laughs> that's what happens. Oh that's what happens. Play that back. Play that back. Look, right. at, look, look, at, look at the angle this guy's head goes in. What? Look at the guys in the ring that they're watching. Watching. And they just like, oh my God. <laughs> that's what Very happens. Nice. What you nice. Big Daddy Cool off Wish. Oh my God. Very nice. Uh, you, got, you got your wish version of Big Daddy Cool there. Uh, all right, Jeff. I want to hear Mr. Al on the – what was it again? The Tuesday what? Super Tuesday. Super, Super Tuesday, Tuesday. 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 Go ahead. What do you got, Jeff? NXT did 900,000 or 975, and AW did 600,000. What's the uh, – um, and, I, and I am I'm being completely sincere when I ask. What's the Meltzer spin on this? I haven't heard the post one yet. That's what would fascinate me. You know what I mean? It would be, what was the pre-spin? That, uh, you know, a lot of people are making this up on it for something. The numbers really don't don't mean that much. So I'm like, well, he knows he knows AEW is going to lose ahead of time. He So, you know, so he's, he's, already, he's already yeah preparing the post-show post spin. The numbers don't really matter. Really? That's what one, the only thing you quote all the time are the numbers. Yeah, you yeah. use them as indicative of, uh, he uses them as indicative of success or failure and his comparisons to WWE. But now, wow, man, that, 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 nothing ruins, 
<laughs> ruins the well, whole. He, he's, whole thing he, he's where, a, where your standards are just. Yeah, he, he, this is what cracked me up, Jeff. Did you see right after our show last night, Tony Khan put out his first tweet? No, <laughs> bro. Here's what he said, Jeff. Okay, he said something to this effect. Uh, I want to. I want to thank everybody that watched AEW last night. Blah 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 blah. But remember. Tonight was the night that AEW was supposed to be on. So, so he's basically saying exactly what we said, Jeff. Well, they moved it to Tuesday night, bro. They and moved we, it to Tuesday night. Live, yeah, because, you know, people don't have calendars. They can't. Oh, my God. I swear, when I saw that, I'm like, Al, can I tell you something? I'm, I'm going to do a whole live video on this today, Jeff. Yeah. Al, t- Tony Khan's got to take a back seat. This guy, like he's he's got to stop being the face of that company and embarrassing himself and making the same mistakes over and over again. It is time for this guy to freaking fall in the background, bro, and put the wrestlers center stage instead of himself, man. He's not going to. He's, he's not going got to. to. He's got to at some point. No, he's not, because the sole reason he is in this business is the same reason we all are. He wants to be front and center, and he wants to be in the spotlight. And and you get these people that buy their way into the business, trust me, I know, and they, they want, they, they're not satisfied with just being a part of or in the background. They want to be out there in the spotlight. That's why we he does these scrums. That's why he sits at the desk with each and every talent. That's where he can interject and, and, and you know, look at me. Hey, over here, I'm, you know, I, I did this. I'm, I'm running the company. You and now, meanwhile, you have no idea what he did when the show went off the air on Tuesday, do you? You have no idea. You're oblivious <laughs> to what he did. And I don't care. I mean, I, I you know. Al- what do you do? I'm gonna because you had saw this before the show, Vince. I'm gonna yes. I'm, gonna, I'm gonna show. I'm, I'll we'll show this. Can I set this up for Al? Yeah, uh, I gotta find it though. Because so give me okay, a second. Al, this is after the show goes off the air on Tuesday. You can go out to the crowd and have some. No, fun. no, better. It's better. Al, here's the beauty of this. Every single one of the talent. Everyone involved in this production, they know it's a rib. This is a rib. He is the only one that has no clue that this entire thing is a rib. The only one, bro. Okay. From everybody on the stage, from Shivani to our buddy Double J, they all know this is a rib. He's the only one that doesn't. So, Al, this is after the show Tuesday, okay? All right, here we go. Happy birthday to you. Al. Happy birthday Al, look at him. Watch, watch Double J in the back. They're talking in each other. Bro, they're talking. Watch Double J. They're talking in each other's ears. Look. Henry, Mark, Mark, Mark Henry's cracking up, bro. He's the only one that doesn't know this is a rip. Look. I know. Uh, <laughs> oh, come on, man. When, do, when does it stop, bro? And never, the boys will be the boys. I mean, they're, they're going to rib you no matter what. Look, so. Tony, Tony, Tony Schiavone has to look away. 
because <laughs> he can't even handle it, bro. Uh, yeah, the big Tony Khan birthday bash out. Uh, you know, good. He's celebrating. <laughs> All right, Jeff, let's get down to the news from Mr. Out. Well, you had mentioned it earlier, but the, the report on this Triple H thing, it's coming from Mike Johnson. So it's rumors, hearsay, speculation. We don't know. But what the rumor he's passing around is that within WWE, they are saying that Triple H is driving 99% of the creative direction and that he has been knighted by TKO and Endeavor to lead the promotion instead of Vince McMahon. However, this doesn't mean that McMahon is out of the picture as he's currently the executive chairman of TKO. So I'm like, wait a minute. I'm trying to logically look at this. If he's the executive chairman of the company that chose Triple H over him, is he not involved in that decision? He's the executive chairman of TKO, but TKO chose Triple H over him. So that doesn't make any sense to me. But let's just say that's worded poorly. I I just remember, uh, what's his name, Ari Emanuel? I remember that interview where he said, I would not be buying this without it's sitting next to Vince McMahon without him here and, and running the show. So what do you guys think of this rumor? You think there's anything to it? I, for one, what, what, who cares? <laughs> Honestly. So, okay. Triple H is back in charge. Ooh, ooh. Well, you're going, here's what's going to happen. It happened the last time. Tell me I'm wrong. There was, it was Triple H. Oh, the era of Triple H. Yep. It'll be awesome. We got finally got rid of the evil bits. And then six months, they were doing what? Bitching about Triple H. Yep. They were bitching about creative. Were they not? Yep. They were putting all the heat on the writers and, you know, nothing on the talent, you know, because that really, you know, I, I, I agree. Like, you know, overall, vision-wise, direction-wise, you know, that does play a factor. But at the end of the day, if the talent doesn't go out through the curtain and deliver, it doesn't matter what vision and direction you have. And, you know, and it, it, it's, you're, you're not going to do business. You're not, it's not going to be the show that you want it to be. You know, you're 100% reliant, period. No ifs, ands, or buts on the talent. That's it. And whether you put Vince in there or you put Triple H or you put, you know, Bill Watts or somebody else. You know that that the, the talent have to deliver within that that direction and that vision that the that one person's doing, you know, and and it, it, it Triple H was heavily. Uh, there's no way he can't be influenced by one person. Who would that be? Vince McMahon. Yeah. So is he going to really have that much of a departure? in style, in, in direction, in vision than Vince would potentially have? Not likely, no. He wouldn't. If, you, if that were really going to have that kind of a dramatic effect, and, oh, Triple H is in charge, okay. Immediately, certain people that are being pushed right now would go drop, and there'd be other people in their place. And that, that didn't happen the last time. It's not going to happen this time. There's not going to be any dramatic swing. You're not going to see an up uptick in, in uh, character-driven storylines any diff any more so than what you are already, you know, because he's in charge right now. And you and I were just discussing about the mistakes that were done by Seth Rollins and Nakamura. You know what I mean? 
So where's the big change? And why is this constantly such a big deal? Yeah. To to me, Al, the only the only significance this story has, I think, is this. You know, like like Jeff said, bro, when when Vincent Ari had that press conference, Jeff not only did Ari put him over like I would have bought this company, but he put over their 20-year relationship. And, you know, he really knew Vince for a very, very long time. There was a bond there. So also, bro, when you look at that interview that Vince was a part of, that was really the first time you saw Vince do a public interview. And this was not the bravado Vince that we all knew and loved. This was a Vince that spoke, uh, you know, sporadically, didn't have a lot to say. So when I hear something like this, Al, I immediately go to, okay, what is Vince's mental health at this point? Is, is, Is that what this is all about? Is Vince maybe at a point where, you know, I don't know, is... I don't, I don't know if, if it's dementia, if it's, you know, if, if literally if age is catching up with him and he is just unable to do these duties any longer. That That's the first thing I think of. Well, I mean, he is on medical leave and we don't know, you know, nobody knows what it is. Um, that yeah, Wasn't he on crutches at that one thing? Yeah, it was something about his back. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but I'm talking about it. I'm talking about his mind, right? I, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I would be surprised that he went from, you know, had that kind of a mental decline that quickly, to the degree where, you know, he he can't do what he's always done. How can I tell you something? Because this happened to my mom. Uh Keep this in mind. My mom had early stages of dementia. And now then she went in for knee surgery. When she came out of the surgery, her condition was times 10. So I did a little bit of research and I found out when somebody has dementia, you never put them under because you have no idea what it, it and it, it's going to have a different effect on different people. And, sure. and my mom, when she came out of surgery, she was gone. She yeah. was gone. So keep, keep in mind, well, Vince yeah. had the surgery on right. the back. He was under anesthesia. They well, put him out. It's not just the anesthesia when, when your body, your body only has so many resources. And when you, if you go under surgery, you know, and it's invasive surgery, then your your body's resources have to go to healing that, and then they're taken away from protecting other things. Yeah, and that, that also plays a factor in it as well. Yeah. But the anesthesia too is, you know, that is such a uh, that it's why they don't take it very lightly. I mean, it's such a dangerous thing. You know, that's actually more dangerous than the rest of the procedure as far as a lot of these invasive operations is the anesthesia is probably the most dangerous part of the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. You know, so it, it definitely could have a factor. And you may be right. I, You know, but again, okay, so, you know, Triple H is now, what, so what? I mean, yeah, yeah. If, you don't, if you don't change and develop your talent to where they're giving an audience what it is they bought a ticket or, or tuned in to see, it will... You know, uh, Grimace 
if Ronald McDonald could be running WWE, it ain't going to change anything. It's all, it comes down to it is the talent. And, you know, there is that, there's that caveat that we talk about. I'm going to watch your show. I want to be able to believe in these wrestlers and who they are. And I want to believe that they're really out there competing, that they're really trying to win them. That's what we're selling. And when you have talent that are conditioned and brought up, even in the system of NXT these days, uh, it's all about what you do, not why you did it and not, not who you are, but you got to just do cool shit. Cause that, you know, it's all about the work rate. Well then you're always going to get the same product. Yep. You know, no matter how you go about it, you're always going to get it. Unless you have more people like MJF bucking the system and doing it successfully and showing that it can be done contrary to the popular belief of, well, that, that, that's, that's old school. That can't be done. You know what I mean? He's doing it. And he is without a doubt over the last few years with AEW, he's been the one major standout there and, and to where he's even outshining Chris Jericho. And why? Because he is doing what we talk about doing all the time. You know, and you, what you need for a real transition, a way to change the business is more and more of those guys like MJF taking that approach and being successful with it. Yeah. That's ultimately the only way you're ever going to right the ship to where you're going to turn turn this boat around and start sailing in the right direction, yeah. regardless of whether it's Triple H at the helm or, you know, uh, anyone else. You, you, unless... Unless Triple H walks in there and goes, all right, we're doing this. Like what you just heard MJF say, like he played, if he sat down, everybody and played that interview and went, that's what you're doing now. All of you are doing this and I'm going to hold all of you to it. Then, but when they go out there and they have a car wreck, it, it used to drive me nuts and impact, you know, the bucks and, and uh, the motor city machine guns go out there and, Literally, that one night, they, they and, and Beer Money had literally a car wreck of a match. And then we're sitting there in the meeting the next day, the production meeting, and it's, it is, well, couldn't we, is, are, are we allowed to have, you know, one car wreck of a match, you know, where we know that's what we're going to go out there? And, no, we're either all selling one thing or it's all got to be the car wreck. You know what I mean? You can't. Yeah. It can't be, well, this one match, they're not really trying to win. They're just trying to really do cool stuff. The rest of them, though, we want you to believe in, and they matter. You can't do that. And that set the precedent because that one match has now become the whole show. Right. It has. Absolutely. Yes. Yep. To where, you know, they're, they're you know, and physically and athletically, I mean, the stuff was, uh, was great. But selling the consequence and – you know, and the the uh, the attempt, the intent to win, that was out the door. I mean, it didn't mean nothing. Yeah. You know? And and that, unless when, but when they walked back through the curtain, what did everybody do? Everybody was like, "That was a great match. Oh, that was awesome." And that now everybody, all the talent, stand around and they see that, 
And then what does that now motivate the talent to do? Al, I got to ask you this because we, we can back up. Listen, that 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 X Division car crash, you know, Jeff Jarrett loved extreme sports and like that that was Jeff's baby. Yeah. But hold on, hold on, because I want to ask you a question. But back that up. Okay, the WWE started a light heavyweight with Taka Michinoko because Eric Bischoff brought in all those Lucha Libra wrestlers, and those were the matches that started it. So, So my question to you is, would you have ever brought a different style of wrestling into the United States and play it on the same stage on the same show. I would. I would. How would you have done it? But I would then, and and again, this takes a lot of effort, takes a lot of, you know, energy. I would start directing them going, look, you can do it, you know, this way, but it has to be done with this intent behind it. You can do those moves. You can do those spots, but at the end of it, it has to look like you're doing it to try to gain an advantage and maintain that advantage to win. That's all I ask. I don't care, you know, if you, what, however you physically do it, that's fine. You do any style you want. Always remember though, I need you to always make it look like you're doing it to win, mm-hmm. to, to, to gain that advantage and then maintain it. That's all I'm asking. Yeah. You know, I have, have the rush division, you know, which, cause I had a lot of uh, smaller wrestlers, you know, and I, I maintain that, keep it as a separate division, you know, they have its, it has its own title because it's very difficult to program some of the smaller guys with some of the bigger guys, you know, and there's a disparagement physically and, and it's hard to get an audience to really believe that there's going to be the, the smaller guys going to really put in jeopardy the bigger guy. So now they can all contend for the, uh, their own title. What you know that which means because they're smaller, they're going to be a little faster. They're going to take higher risks because they they don't have the body weight or the mass to be able to have as much of an impact. So they're going to do things off the ropes, do dives, things like that. All I ask, please do it with the intent of trying to win. If you're going to dive out of the ring, I don't care. Dive your happy ass off. All right, but there if it were real. There are only two reasons you'd ever do that. And one is you're angry enough or you're desperate enough. That's it. Okay. You do whatever you want in your match. And then when the right time comes where you're either angry enough or desperate enough, you're going to do that big dive. Now let the people like, oh, crap. And now when you pick him up, all I'm asking is once you dove on him and you picked him up and you threw him back in the ring, he doesn't immediately stand up and start whipping your ass when you get in. Yeah. Other than that, you do, you do you, you know what I mean? Yeah. You know, and, and here's the other thing I ask. Okay. If you're, you're six foot five. All right. And you're three fifty, please don't, don't do the things that the rush guys do because now if you can do it, what does it mean when they do it? And if it doesn't mean anything when they do it, cause you're doing it, then how am I going to sell them? And why am I even having them on the show now? Yeah. You know, let's leave them in their place, let them do their thing, you know, and you can still be athletic and do amazing stuff. Uh, great. But brother, I, I don't need you. You know, it's like big show could throw a drop kick 
you know, and, and they went to, you know, I forget who it was. One of the agents went, wait, but don't do that. And he's like, why? I can do it. Because if you at seven feet tall and 500 pounds throw a drop kick, what's it mean when Rey Mysterio does one now? Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean anything. But see, when you watch AEW or you even now WWE, everyone, no matter the size or the build, yeah. all wrestle alike. They all do the same high risk moves. Some of them do more of them than the others. Uh, they all, you know, do dives, no matter how tall, short, round, square they are. They all do. There's no one who, like back in the day, like you, everyone had a unique and individual presence and approach to selling the intent. That's gone. Because now we get this every time they walk through the curtain. That was a great match. Oh, my God, that was awesome. You know, to where we, I heard a rumor that Tony Khan, apparently, from what I've understood, like gives people bonuses if they get like a four star match. You know, yeah. uh, okay, now we're even more insane. Now we're allowing the critical acclaim to dictate the direction of our product, which circles back to so what if Triple H is in charge? You yeah. know what I mean? Really, at the end of the day, who really is in charge? Not the talent anymore. Just the wrestling journalists are. Yeah. They're the ones that hold more sway now on the direction and the vision and what you in the product you see than anyone else in the wrestling business. And that has been prevalent for years now. You know, it's. I funny. wonder how many. Sorry, I wonder how many people, if that's true, they call up Meltzer. Hey, I'm going to get a two hundred thousand dollar bonus if I get a five star match. So if you give me a oh, five star yeah, match, I'll give you fifty thousand of it or something like absolutely. that. Absolutely, you know? I would be doing that. <laughs> you know, it's, it's it's so funny because like you know, guys, every week like we come on here and you know you you hear Al's you know knowledge and experience and what he has learned over forty years. But really, Al, when you break all that down. What you're really talking about is logic. Oh, yeah. Logic. That, because what is logic? Logic is something that people will believe. Oh, yeah, that is logical. That would have happened. I believe that. That's what we're talking about here, bro, is logic. Yeah. And I, I, I try, I, you know, I'm very logical and very analytical when it comes to, you know, my approach to how I book wrestling. You know, and how I would perform. I would. I'm trying to be very logical and very analytical on the approach. Granted, the stuff that we're doing isn't logical, isn't analytical, but there should be a basis of that to allow for a belief in it. Because without that, there, you know, there is a logic and there is a, uh, a a mathematical side to professional wrestling. It's an art. It's open to interpretation, but. Without even when you're writing a book, which is an art form of storytelling, you know, there's a logic within the context of the world that you're creating for the reader to be able to involved in the story and enjoy the book. Same thing applies, you know, to producing a movie. The same thing applies to producing a musical. The same thing applies to producing professional wrestling. There has to be a logical context within the art that allows an audience to go, now I know what the rules are. 
can follow this and I can believe and disbelieve or whatever it is. Al, I want to hit you with this because I'll never forget this. When when I was at TNA and for a long time I was writing, you know, with Dutch and Jeff, and I was always looking for the logic. This has to be logical. People have to believe this. And I'll never forget Jeff said this to me, and I'm so glad I have you here to give me your spin on it. Jeff looked at me and said, how, do, how, how can you put logic to an illogical business? Because you can. Absolutely you can. And, and the one logical uh, uh, point is knowing what it is you're selling. Like, for instance, it it's, sounds illogical and makes no real sense now in, in the way it's done now okay in hitting the ropes for a wrestler to leave the body of a another human being that they're trying to gain and maintain control to run to the ropes the reason they did it especially initially if you go back and you understand how that concept began it wasn't ran from the ropes from one ring side to the other it was two to three steps into the ropes so they could rebound with more in momentum to knock the other person down and maybe knock the wind out of them and increase the odds of them be able to pin them. That was what it was for. It was the same with, if you go back and you listen, guy that was masterful at explaining everything with Gordon Soley. And you go back and you literally, you go on YouTube right now, go to Georgia championship wrestling, pull up any match that was done on TV. You're going to see, you're going to hear Gordon Soley explain that logic, okay, mm. in a manner that made you go, hmm, okay, I get it. And then you're going to watch the wrestlers work that logic. Here's the difference. In that period of time, right, you watch every wrestler to some degree or another, the bell rings, and the first thing you can watch them, witness them trying to do is take the other guy down. Not punch him, not kick him, not throw him in the ropes. Take them down. From there, they would then work up. And then at a point far enough into the match, things would start to happen off the ropes. You'd hear Gordon Soley say that the other the opponent that's either being thrown into the ropes or is coming off the ropes for some reason was being worn down was worn down enough to where he quite wasn't thinking correctly and was off balance or and he would justify it for you to be able to go, huh, okay, I get that. Yeah, yeah. That went from where we wore a guy down and now he maybe not be clear headed so we could throw him into the ropes and clothesline him. Right? Mm-hmm. That logic went from that understanding and conception went to ding, ding, ding. I'm running across the ring. I'm punching you right in the face. I'm throwing you into the ropes. That's illogical. Yeah. That makes no sense because from a logical standpoint, if the bell rings and the second I walk across, I punch you in the face, it's no longer a wrestling match. Now it's a fight. Well, now we've got to perform like it's a fight, not a wrestling match. The objective of a fight is completely different than the objective of a wrestling match. The objective of a fight is I'm going to try and kick your ass. The objective of a wrestling match is that preeminently I am always trying to beat you. And then as you piss me off toward the back of the match where the comeback happens, that's where I'm going to beat you up first. And then I'm going to beat you. And we've lost all of that train of thought. We no longer in our performing of it 
do we apply that simple little bit of logic to it? That's not asking you to do anything less or do anything different. What, what if, if it were real, that always comes out, okay? Bottom line, if it were real, I don't care how you approach it, but bottom line is this. Bell rings, first thing you'd want to do is you'd want to lock, close the distance to some way or another to get to your opponent, knowing that, being aware that your opponent knows as much as you and is just as dangerous as you, and that if they get their hands on you, they literally could do things to you that would put them in prison for felonious assault. That's the truth. And you can't stop them. The, the referee can't stop you, can't protect you unless you tap out or you grab a rope. That's it. How will, How much are you just going to skip your happy ass across the ring and do that now? Okay? Keeping that in mind. And also, you can't call the cops. You can't sue them because you signed a contract that now absolves him of any responsibility. And that's why we want to have these fights in the ring. That logic. We don't want to always have fights in the back because now we're subject to other laws and punishments. But if you sign a contract legally, when we get in the ring, I can physically do things to you that can put me in jail. Okay? Bell rings. I should be in an effort, in an attempt to take you off your feet, trying to pin you as quick as possible. And then when I can't, grab a hold so that I can keep you there, so I can increase my opportunity to do so. You, of course, are going to get up off that mat as quick as possible, trying to turn that situation around, which results in us rebounding off the ropes and doing things that create high spots, moments where in the match, the motion goes higher in the direction you want the people to think, feel, or believe. Okay? We rinse and repeat that simple process, and that's how we start telling a story and watching one person gain more of an advantage and keep it longer, thus putting the other person in jeopardy. Again, notice, I don't care how you do it, but you keep telling that story. The gimmick of that match is that you're trying to win. How do you win? Well, there's only one place to win in a wrestling match, and that is by pinning the person on the mat or making them submit. In 41 years, I've seen only a handful of times that they've made somebody submit standing up. And in 41 years, I've never seen someone pinned standing up. So if you were really trying to sell me and convince me you were out there trying to do those exact things, where would we always end up at? And where do we never end up at nowadays? That, that regardless of what Jeff is saying as far as how can you apply logic to an illogical thing, that, that's logic. That simple way tells me, the audience, I now understand the actions and the motivations of what's happening when you're in there in that physical context. If you have literally none of that context, then you have no consequence. And if you have no consequence, then there's no way to ever genuinely get somebody over. There's no way to genuinely get any heat. Unfortunately, Al, and I'm being generous, unfortunately, 80% of the performers today have no idea of anything you've just said. That that is a shoot. That is is a shoot, bro. I'm fully aware. Because that's the difference... Okay, in wrestling, a wrestling match and working a wrestling match, a worker is, again, the definition of a work is to allow someone to believe a lie. The only lie is that when I'm walking to the ring, that I'm there with the intent of doing the one thing that I sold the audience. I was I'm either there to kick your ass or I'm there to and beat you or I'm there to beat you. And eventually I'm going to probably want to kick your ass before I beat you. That's it. You know, 
How you go about doing it, you do it your way. But that that ultimately is what because you that, that's the logic of an illogical thing. Yeah. Is that everything I'm doing in that ring, no ifs, ands, or buts, is I'm always using it to try to win and trying not to lose. And sure, there's some theater and some parading and preening and peacocking when I now have an upper hand. I'm confident enough that I feel that I have you in a place where I know I've got this locked. I'm going to win. You know what I mean? Kind of like when we're running a foot race on the track and I get so far in front of you, I turn around, I start running backwards because, ha fuck you. You ain't catching me anyways. You know, that, that still applies. That has not changed. It's just no one's taught it and no one enforces it anymore. And, and, you know, and so everyone thinks that, you know, Meltzer and everyone, every other wrestling journal, their opinion is what matters, not the audience's reaction yeah. and impact in you. Oh man, Al, that was uh, that was that was freaking awesome. <laughs> I'm listening to you, and I swear to God, I'm putting my I'm putting myself in that 20, 24, 25 year old performer. And and he, here's what I'm saying, and I know a lot of this goes on. When you explain that, and I am 20-something years old, bro, my knee jerk is going to be, well, that's way too difficult to do. So I'm just going to go out there and do a shitload of spots that don't make any sense. Their knee jerk reaction is going to be defensive. They're going to be insulted. They're going to be uh, offended. And they're going to get defensive and they're going to then try to devalue my opinion and my remarks and my advice by saying it's changed. You don't know what you're talking about anymore. I'm sure that worked back in the day. It doesn't work now. And they're going to convince themselves of that. Well, you know? Al, yeah. let, 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 let's remind let's remind somebody <laughs> that during the uh, during the attitude era, there were two wrestling companies that were drawing over 10 million people on yeah. a Monday night. Two wrestling companies just drew 1.5 million people. I, and, and, and it's funny that you brought that up because I was going to mention that when we were talking about the numbers and then I got off on the Meltzer spin, which I thought was funny, but um, and sometimes I just do stuff because of people. Uh, but I, you are absolutely 100% correct. Uh, you know, several years ago in the Attitude Era, you know, you you had two companies, two national companies. Let's not even, I mean, we could put ECW in the mix. They were drawing significant numbers as well. Yeah, we can. Yep, yep. Uh, you know, so you had really three companies that were all drawing much bigger numbers each of them were drawing much bigger numbers than two companies, two major companies are doing on the same night This at this point in time in history. I mean, that's insane. You know, that it really, it, when you take that into account, how can you, how can you, one, applaud, you know, if I'm, if I'm Triple H, and and we we did nine whatever it was nine seventy five or something. They did six whatever. I'm not walking around the office going, "Who who? <laughs> Who's the man? 
I'm not doing that. He 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 was the one. He was the one, bro. That that coined the phrase. It's a different time. That came directly from Triple H, bro. You know, I guess I'm wrong. Yep. What I mean, I mean, I'm not making the money that WWE is, or you know. Uh, Al, what did what did Vince McMahon tell me directly, Al? Real simple from Vince. Yeah. Vince, if it's good, they'll watch they'll it. Watch it. Yeah. <laughs> it's that simple, bro. That's right. I mean, we used to, you know, we talked about this about you know running towns and you know all the football games playing and you know that's what yeah. you know, and, and Tracy's mother's finally like, hey, hey boys, I don't know how good we're gonna draw tonight. Uh, McDonald's got a ball crawl down there with a play play. <laughs> All right, Al, what's going on, bro? We got we got a lot. We got a lot. Because who knows what else you've added to your plate since the last show. What's going on, Al? Well, we've got Wrestlers on Netflix. Uh, please keep supporting it on social media. Hashtag Wrestlers Netflix. We're keeping our fingers crossed for a second season. I really am hoping, you know, that we can. But even if we don't, I mean, it's been such an amazing and positive experience. And yes. I can thank everybody for the support. I really, really do appreciate it. Um, uh, if you are interested in OVW today, Thursday being TV day, haven't gotten a call yet. What a shock, but I'm sure that'll be coming here in a minute. Um, you can go to ovwrestling.com, find out more information about OVW in general. And, uh, you can see where we're airing on fight TV live every Thursday night from 7 PM to 9 PM outside of WWE and AEW. We're the only other company I think that does that on a weekly basis, producing live television, um, and, uh, if you're interested in learning what work rate is and how you can properly achieve it in all the different types of rates of work that go on, uh, you know, like ladder work, uh, you know, uh, uh barbecue cookout work that we saw, <laughs> you know, when your dad, you know, just pisses you off because he's not turning the burgers quick enough. Those dogs are starting to get burned, you know, and you just look at him with the white New Balance and the and the tucked in short sleeve striped shirt and his baseball hat, and you go, all right, you know what, old man, let's go. We're going to throw some hands. <laughs> You're going to learn it at OVW Academy, uh, OVWAcademy.com. It is the only training facility in the world that is actually accredited as a trade school by the State Office of Proprietary Education. Nowhere else does that exist but in OVW. And let me tell you something. We're also going to have a special class uh, how to sell cinder block work properly. And we're going to give you a lot of really great expletives that you can scream at the top of your lung when somebody breaks your hand. And, and the advanced class, I'm assuming, would be blazing cinder block work. And that's that. We're back to where the barbecue cookout goes all. Yeah. <laughs> we put a little couple hot coals and a little holes in the cinder blocks. And then you can power bomb your dad and <laughs> do balance on the cinder blocks that are on fire. So. You know, let's let's take it to the limit. I he gets a couple paps in him, he's ready to roll it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, if you want to get my uh stand up comedy, uh you can go on Premier Streaming Network. Uh I have a special on there with David Box Mullen from Zany's Comedy Club in Chicago. If you want to see me live in Lima, Ohio, October twenty eighth, I will be doing it at the Veterans Memorial Civic Center, downtown Lima. The absolute metropolis, the center of arts and entertainment of the world, Lima, Ohio. Uh, with mom in the audience. Mom's going to be there. Yeah. Yeah. We're probably going to fight. So <laughs> I can't. Yeah, I saw you had a mishap. You dropped your glasses in the toilet. 
oh yeah, I dropped my glasses in the toilet this morning and now I can't see through shit. You know? <laughs> oh yeah, but if you put you you put a stick in water, it'll look bent. That's why I don't take baths anymore. <laughs> Bro, do you know Al? I swear this was a this was a true story, bro. I had prescription Ray Bans. Yeah, you know that cost me you know a little bit of money, and I have a habit of putting my sunglasses like this, right? Yeah. So I was I just finished up at the Target Turlet, mm-hmm. okay, and bro, I bent over, and as I'm flushing the bowl. My Ray-Bans, and bro, at the most perfect angle where, swoosh, right in the hole, bro. My freaking 200, right in the hole, bro. Swoosh. Yeah. Oh, God. Go ahead. All right. Uh, The bowl bowl was clean, Jeff. It was like like a three or four uh, 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 flusher. So it it was a clean bowl, but whoosh. Straight down the tubes. Yeah. Go ahead, Al. Uh, if you want to follow me on social media, you can follow me at the real Al Snow on Facebook, Instagram, Twi- TikTok, Twitter, or it's called X now, I guess. So you can uh, follow me there. Uh, if you are interested in my comic books, you can go to brokeniconcomics.com. They have the Ballad of Al Snow and Head, uh, The Adventures of Al Snow and Head, where I team up with other wrestlers like Chavo Guerrero and Tommy Dreamer and Scotty Tulati and Mr. Spectacular uh, Jesse Daughters. Uh, if you are interested in the movies I'm doing, I'm going out to the American film market at the end, at the beginning of November. Uh, and we're um, going to release unnatural, the supernatural uh, cowboy Western that I was in. Um, yeah. I'm doing all kinds of stuff. Uh, let's see what else. Uh, okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You want to find out more about my life and my career. You can go to amazon.com uh, self-help, uh, life lessons from the bizarre wrestling career of Al Snow, and believe me, it gets pretty bizarre. Al, uh, does that is that how that works, bro? So the Westerners shot the Westerners is done. Now you've got to go out and sell the Western. Is that how it's done? That, and that's yeah. why you bring it to festivals, right? Yeah, you bring it to festivals and you try to get distributors. That's that honestly is the hardest part of uh, production for making a movie is is getting the distribution. You know. Uh, yeah. Unless it's done, you know, because the, the big studios, that's really primarily what the big studios like Warner Brothers and, you know, Fox and things like that. They're they're a distributor. They, you know, they and they they'll produce the content. But the real real job is to distribute it and to get a movie in an actual like to get them in movie theaters. Uh, incredibly difficult to, you know, yeah. get up without the backing of a major producer or distributor. It's very difficult to get movies and released into movie theaters. So the streaming avenues with, uh, you know, Amazon and Hulu and Netflix and all of that has opened up the doors for a lot of movie makers to, uh, you know, be able to reach an audience through that. So it does, you know, makes a difference. So, all right. Wow. Uh, you want to get the clothing that you see me wearing on wrestlers, go to collar and elbow brand.com, use the code snowman and you can take 10% off your purchase. For this week. Al, it is show day, Al. Say show goodbye, day. Al. Go to work, Al. Goodbye, guys. All right. The great, man. A lot of great, uh, lot of great stuff from Al. Really, really, really good stuff, bro. What's going on in your world, Jeff? Well, by the time this comes out, guys, we'll have a fresh episode of Look My. I have a TV show in the basement up 
on our Patreon. We take a look yes, at. Let's do it. Come on, let's give let's let's give them a, a sneak preview. Come on. Oh, the Ring of Honor title. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so uh, you can you can check that out, and if you've never tried it before, you can also go back and listen to all the episodes we've done prior. So they're all still up there at whatever tier you you choose. That tier you can access all the prior content that's been up there. So you can check that out. Patreon.com slash Russo T. And we're due for we 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 due for a, 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 a what what is it called the House of Housemen? What's it called? We're due for one yeah, of the, the house the House of Wrestling. The house we've not had a House of Wrestling. I'm 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 starting to get a a a, a, a woolly for the House of Wrestling. Bro. We need one of those. Uh, yeah, guys, check that out, man. I think you will really, really enjoy the show, man. But as always, whether it's Russo'sBrand.com, Patreon.com forward slash Russo TWC. Thank all of you for your support. Uh, We will keep delivering as long as you keep watching. Thanks a lot, everybody. We'll see you next time.